Well, hello everybody and welcome back. This is our daily devotional for Monday, January 22nd, 2024. And I am delighted to be with you as we continue along in our study on the book of Acts. And where we find ourselves today is in chapter 19. As Paul has continued on this journey I'm strengthening the followers of Christ and yet also proclaiming the word of God. We learn many things about what the church is supposed to be through what we're reading here. Uh, realize this is the book of Acts. I've said it before. I'll say it again now. In many ways, the book of Acts acts sort of like a genesis of the New Testament, wherein we see the basic building blocks of what Christianity is and how Christianity is to function, who we are, how we are to function. And we learn about this thing in general, generally speaking, we learn about Christianity. What is Christianity? Have you ever stopped to ponder that? You know, People have come up with definitely, definitely different ideas, conclusions, um, beliefs even about what Christianity is. To some, Christianity is a philosophy. Um, to some, it is an idea. To some, it is a religion, and it involves religious practice. You know, again, we could go on and on about all the different things that Christianity is to different people. To some, it's quite dangerous and destructive, at least in their viewpoint. But what is the nature of Christianity? Something is revealed that answers this question today, where we find ourselves in the book of Acts, and we find ourselves in chapter 19 as we're picking up exactly where we left off. I'm glad that you're here today, and I'm glad that we have this time, because something is revealed that we would do well as the followers of Christ, and if you're not a follower of Christ, you would do well to dwell on this also. But definitely those of us that know Jesus, we would do well to reflect on what Christianity is to us and what Christianity should be. And along the, other, the, the way, we learn some very other valuable things too. But I welcome you. I'm glad we have this time together. Let's pray first, and then we'll dig in, picking up where we left off. Let's go to the Lord. Our God and our Father, as we come today to your word, we come with grateful hearts that you have given us, the gift of your word that you haven't left us just to figure things out on our own, but instead you've revealed who you are and who we are and what you would have us do, and most certainly the story of Jesus Christ and he being the only path of salvation. So, Father, let us be grateful, and as we come to your word, please work in our hearts and minds that we would see exactly what you would have us see, and that we would apply these things to our lives. Please guide us now, and we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so we are going to get to the answer to that question of what is Christianity, really, but also we're going to see something else. You know, one of the things that I talk about in here with you all um, quite often, is the importance of evangelism. And I warn you all the time, y'all, such a stigma is attached to evangelism. 
People think of telling other people about Jesus and they, they have great fear and trepidation because lots of things can come to mind. Like, oh, I, I wouldn't know what to say or what if they ask questions? And, and my response is, what if they ask questions? Hopefully they do ask questions. And it's like, well, I'm not a preacher. I don't know what to say. I wouldn't know. And I'm not some Bible scholar or anything like that. And what I've tried to do with you all over these few years that, that we've been together is to try to remove some of the stigma from evangelism, where instead of being some great apologist or anything like that, evangelism primarily is bearing witness, okay? And I use that in, in judicial terms, right? A witness offers testimony as to what he or she has seen, as in a witness in a court of law. That's what we're called to be, y'all. And the bulk of our evangelism should be based on our witness. It should be based on us not having all the answers, not being able to articulate some massive thing, but just being able to talk to people and say, you know what, I don't know all the answers, but let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. And I know he can do the same for you. Y'all, that's effective that has power behind it because you're not talking to somebody about just some idea that's floating out there, some philosophy. You're talking to somebody about who you are and about what you know to be true, not because you know it as an idea, but you know it in practice because you know what the Lord has done for you. That kind of thing is contagious. But along the way, Will there be questions? I pray that there will be for you, but you have to focus things in a little bit. Yes, it's a, evangelism primarily is testimony. It's bearing witness to what the Lord has done in your life. But also, we do need some direction in, in evangelism and telling other people about Jesus. We do need some things to focus on. And I want to suggest to you that not only in our passage today do we find the answer to what Christianity really is, we also find a key answer to what it is we ought to really focus on. And one answer leads to the other answer. Now, I've, I've given way too much intro. Let's look at, at what I'm talking about here. Where we left off was in verse 7 the last time, and that was Paul being in Corinth, working with, with those that, that were attached to Apollos. Then he moves to the interior. He goes to Ephesus, right? And he starts interacting with others. But what we find in verse 8 of chapter 19 is a typical scenario, right? Where the typical scenarios that Paul would go to an area, he would enter the synagogue, he would find people that affirm the God of the scriptures, and then he'd offer fuller teaching on who Jesus is. And often that's how the Lord worked to build a church in any particular area. But verse 8 follows the pattern, right? Chapter 19, verse 8 of Acts. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. Now, as I said before, evangelism, telling people about Jesus is primarily should be focused on what the Lord has done for us. But some guidance is given here about the things that we really should focus on when we tell other people about what Jesus has done for us. What does Paul focus on here when he goes into the synagogue? Well, he focuses on the same thing that Jesus focused on. Think about the things that Jesus talked about. Jesus, we have examples of him preaching. 
We have examples of teaching. We have examples of him interacting with people. We have parables, right? We have all sorts of things. But do you know the number one subject that Jesus talked about more than anything else in his ministry? Think about it. The number one subject that Jesus talked about more than anything else in his ministry. If you don't know the answer to that question, you're about to. And it's important that you do. If you call yourself a Christian, you're a calling yourself a follower of Christ. And it's important to focus on what he focused on. And the number one thing that Jesus focused on in his speaking and his preaching and his teaching and his conversations and everything was, well, we just read it. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. Now, what does that mean? Um, in what manifestation? Because if you know some of the things that Jesus said, and, and if you've been here with us, you sure do, because we went through the gospel according to John, right? Jesus talked about the kingdom of God from various perspectives. He talked about the kingdom of God and how God's kingdom being there and yet coming at the same time ought to affect the way that we interact with one another. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God and how it ought to affect the things that we invest in, saying things like, don't store up for yourself treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy and the thief breaks in and steals and kills. No, no, no. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven for where your heart is. There your treasure will be also. Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven most certainly in the context of judgment. My, oh my, he gives all these parables, right? Uh, how he's the Lord of the harvest and he comes back to a field of wheat, but he has to separate the tares, the weeds, and they're thrown into the fire. He comes back to his, uh, he's the good shepherd. He comes back to a flock of sheep, but there are goats and they have to be weeded out. You know, the Lord focused on lots of different things when it came to the kingdom of God. But even though there are lots of, 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 of things that relate to God's kingdom, the overall focus of Jesus preaching and teaching was that, guys, I'm here. The kingdom of God is here, and yet a time is coming when it will be here in all of its fullness, and then all the things of the earth will pass away, and eternity away. Let me ask you something. As you talk to people, and, and I'm saying this with the assumption that you do talk to people about your faith. If not, then you don't really fit into what we're about to talk about when we say what Christianity is. But assuming that you're talking to people about Jesus, let me encourage you. Yes, absolutely. Bear witness. Tell people what Jesus has done. But let your focus be eternity. Let your focus be eternity as you talk to people. And also, I had a conversation with somebody recently, and he watches these daily devotionals. He said, you know what? I really appreciate you talking about heaven, talking about eternity, because we tend to focus on just stuff here. And he's right, y'all. Is your focus eternity? Do you spend time dwelling on the reality that is coming on one side or the other? Because, y'all, look, we have all these things to classify us, to separate us, all these things we can argue about. I'm a, I'm a UVA fan. I'm a Virginia Tech fan. My tractor's green. No, my tractor's red. You know, I'm a vegan. I'm a carnivore. We, we, Republican, Democrat, we find all these things to divide us, but there really is only one divider in humanity. 
and that is those that belong to the Lord and those who don't. And that concept applied means, as we think about the kingdom of God, those who are in it and those who will not be in the kingdom of God. Apply that concept to eternity, eternal destinations. The whole world is divided between those people that will be in glory in heaven for all eternity and those who will be separated from God in hell for all eternity. Now, you know, we don't get into specifics here, bringing our focus back to Acts chapter 19. We don't know exactly the application, okay? All we know is that Paul, again, verse 8, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly for there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. We do not have the specifics of exactly what factions, what, what his focus was. If he's there for three months, he's talking about a lot of different things. But his vision, his focus is trained on eternity. Let me encourage you to do the same, not only in how you interact with other people as you share your faith with them, as you bear witness, but also in your life. Going back to that concept of Jesus telling his people, his disciples, by extension, you and me today, that our focus, our investment should primarily lie in what we're investing in for the future. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. You know, when he says, store up for yourself treasures in heaven, what does that look like? Again, we don't know. There are heavenly rewards. We know that, that, that that's the case. We know it from, from lots of places in the Bible, but we don't know exactly what that looks like. It's intentionally vague for a reason, and that's okay. That's the Lord's business. But what's our business is this concept that we need to be thinking about heaven. We need to be thinking about what awaits us. Um, and no, I don't mean that you have to earn your way there at all. And I'm not saying heaven's going to be a disappointment for anyone or anything like that. But what it comes down to is, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, then ultimately your focus should be on glory. Your focus should be on eternity. Now, let's get to this other thing that we've talked about here, because that's, that's, I, I really want to focus on this as well. Um, something happens in light of this, and therein, the next verse reveals something to us about what it means to be a follower of Christ. What is Christianity? Let's read verse 9. It says, but some of them became obstinate. Well, who's the them? It's those that he's talking to in the synagogue, right? Verse 9, but some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way the way. Now, what does this have to do with what Christianity is? Y'all, there's something powerful revealed here. And I'm not trying to make hay out of something because it's just something that some people just skip right over. They don't even think much about it. But I think something important is revealed. This is one of the occasions where Christianity isn't referred to as Christianity. Instead, it's set apart from Judaism specifically, because remember, he's there in the synagogue. He has people that he's dealing with that don't like the things that he's saying. And they refer to Christianity in this terminology, in Christ Christianity as, quote, the way. Way is capitalized in my version of the scriptures. It may be in yours, but that's what they call Christianity. Now, you might say, well, what? A, okay, big deal. Let's move on. No, let's not. Let's not move on. Because something is revealed about Christianity here. Christianity is not just a philosophy. 
Christianity is not just an idea. Christianity certainly is not just a set of practices that you take off the shelf. You know, Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, though we didn't have service um, Sunday morning, but because of the ice and stuff. But anyway, Christianity is certainly not something that you take off of a shelf that you say, all right, time to be holy now. And then when you're done with that, you put Christianity back and then you just go do your thing. No. You see, when these people talked about Christianity, they recognized it as something more than just a philosophical or even theological idea. Christianity, what is it? It is the way of life for those who follow Christ. It is a way of life that is discernible and seen as separate, as different from other ways. There are those that say the way is considered a derogatory term, that they treat Christianity like a sect, but I don't think it's derogatory at all. In fact, I think it points to the reality of the early church and that if you had to look at American Christianity today and say, where did it go wrong? Well, y'all, I think it went wrong when Christianity stopped being our way of life and it started being something that we do from time to time. What is Christianity to you? Is it a feature of your life or is it your life? Is it who you are? Is your identity wrapped around not only a thought, but a way of life, acts of service? It's my prayer for you that it is. Because Christianity, amongst all the things that it is not, is that Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's not just something that you peek in at every once in a while. It's not something that you file away. Christianity is something that you do. Hence, this descriptor as the way. Now, back to the text. What does Paul do in light of this? It says, again, verse 9, but some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. Then it's, this went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Y'all, if you doubt that Christianity is more than just an idea that you hold, what did Paul do with his Christianity? He dedicated the next two years to making sure that he did testify to the Lord. You know, this is not a, an exaggeration. The idea that you get here is that Paul made disciples, disciples were making disciples, and the word of God spread so that everyone in that region had an opportunity to hear. Not everybody turned to Christ. Not everybody joined the way. However, this work, this lifestyle, this act of being for Paul, for those others who followed Christ, was comprehensive. Now, is Christianity comprehensive to you? Is it the motivator behind why you do what you do? If it's not, I would encourage you, again, dwell on eternity. 
Think about what matters and think about the brevity of this life, how quick life is. But also think about the reason for your hope, the reason for your faith. And if all of your life is not dedicated to Christ, is that because you don't believe that he died for all of you? Did he just die for certain areas so that you just owe him a smidge? No, of course not. You know better than that. You know that he died so that you would have freedom. You know that he died so that you would have life in him, eternal life with him forever. In light of that, for you, for me, and, and, and I'm not just trying to, to, to make you feel bad because y'all, if your toes are, are bruised, mine are bloody at this point, because I can tell you, I've lived a lot of times as though I, it's about my way, you know, my way or the highway, right? Not the way, the way of Christ. Instead of focusing on eternity, I focused only on the here and now and temporary pleasure and Praise God for his faithfulness, that his mercies are new every morning. But as it relates to our devotional time, yes, as it relates to a life of devotion, calling is revealed to us here. And that calling is to evaluate who we are, why we do what we do, and if Christianity just gets a smidge, or if it is the way, our way. Yeah, there's lots of things that have become popular with uh, stuff like Star Wars, Marvel Comics, all that kind of stuff. Not too long ago, and this shows you maybe I'm a nerd on multiple fronts, but not too long ago, one of the really popular shows was The Mandalorian. And I've heard that there's even a movie that's going to come out that's uh, that's based on this. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But anyway, the Mandalorian, the the, the hero character, had this saying, right? And 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 he Mandalore was a planet. Mandalorians were a certain kind of warrior. Anyway, the, the one of the the sayings of the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian peoples, is this is the way, right? Anytime I heard that, I my mind went to Acts chapter nineteen. But there is crossover here. You see, in that show, when the episodes would take place, when something would happen, and when something good took place, their response would be, this is the way. Because y'all, their philosophy was more than just a thought. It was who they were. It was their identity. That's fictional. It's just a show. We are the recipients of the grace of God. We are the ones who Christ purchased with his own blood. For us, Christianity should be the way. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you so much for this time that you have given to us. And as we hear about the history of where Paul went and what he did and why he did it, thank you for these teaching moments, for showing us that we ought to be focused on eternity. We ought to be ready to tell others, but also that Christianity is the way indeed. Forgive me for when I haven't been faithful. Oh, it's so many times, so much. Thank you for your mercy and your love. If there's any other here that that seeks that forgiveness, grant it to them as well. But recognizing that we can't go back, but we can go forward, let us renew ourselves again and again. Um, and, And not renew ourselves, but be renewed by you as we seek to follow the way of Christ. And I pray it all in his name. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of this time. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow morning again together at 6 a.m. as we continue going on. Y'all, tomorrow, whoo, tomorrow, one of the 
most interesting Bible passages uh, is what we're going to come across in chapter 19. You can read ahead if you want to, but this falls into that category. Throughout scriptures, there are a few oh no moments. We saw one already, right? That was Ananias and Sapphira. The, the, the sound you hear is the feet of the men who carried out your husband, and you will hear them also, or, or, or they will carry you out also. Oh no, we come to an oh no moment tomorrow. But you have to wait until then. Thank you for being here. Lord willing, we will see you soon. Take care.